She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday, it's April and we have another guest today. Today my guest is the very beautiful Vanessa Canby. So Vanessa and I actually connected a few years ago. We both were at an event that our a mutual friend of ours was running and uh, we just connected after that and I've watched her journey this past few years and this girl is so inspiring. Vanessa's 28 years old, she's a mum, she uh, is a podcast presenter for BBC Sounds, she is a filmmaker, she, oh my god, she, her YouTube channel has had over 9 million views. Right, she was a former model in London. She worked for Burberry, huge top brands, and she really is a bit of a queen of manifesting. And actually, I love this episode because there's, there, like every episode, there's real light and shades and honesty and vulnerability in this. Vanessa really shares about her, the way she manifests and the power that she has to be able to have that unshakable belief in herself when she has a goal and she goes for it and actually just executes it with complete and utter um, conviction. It's, it's really, really inspiring. I felt super inspired when I spoke to Vanessa on this episode and I know that you guys will feel the same. She also talks about um, the darker sides of her modeling career and also her postnatal depression after she had her children, her anxiety that she suffered with. And she talked about the holistic self-healing therapies that really helped her to take responsibility and heal herself from the inside out. This girl is just incredible. And I have no doubt that her career and her future is like shining, shining so bright. And I'm excited to to observe it and to witness what she's going to create this year. So without any further ado, let's go into this week's episode with Vanessa Canby. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome to the She Loves Herself podcast, Vanessa Canby. Thanks so much, Jill. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, Vanessa, I'm just glad I got you because you're so bloody busy. <laughs> no, I actually feel bad. I, I was thinking to myself, like, I 100% want to do your podcast because you were on my podcast mm-hmm. years ago, the mm-hmm. Magnificent Mothers podcast. And I was yeah. like, I need to get on. Um, and so, yeah, it is kind of mad at the moment, but I'm so happy to, to be here. I know you are so busy and we're going to dive into that because for anyone listening, I met Vanessa about two and a half years ago at an event that our friend Lynette Cree was running around goal setting and we just sat I think we were sitting next to each other weren't we yeah and then we just connected after that and then I was really new into the coaching world and the personal development world and this one Vanessa was so kind she got me on our magnificent mother's podcast and I think that was the first podcast I'd maybe ever done I was so nervous and yeah you were awesome and that was two and a half years ago almost. And since then, watching your journey and growth has just been really inspirational, Vanessa. Oh, thanks. Like, and 
you know, like Lynette and I will say this a lot about you. It's just like so amazing to watch your growth, watch what you're doing and actually from a place of authenticity and truth. And I absolutely love that. And I knew that when we first met, you're real honest and there's real integrity and yeah. you it just oozes out of you you speak your truth and I absolutely love that so I'm so pleased that you're here and I want to dive into that um with you I want to talk about because you were a model before right yeah and you know tell us just a wee bit about your past and how you came to be in the model industry so when I was 12 I think or 13 maybe, I was in Sterling, of all places, random, and um, I was at this, it was some sort of like shopping centre outside, and I was um, scouted by an agency here in Scotland, they just came up to me and said, do you want to model? I hadn't really ever considered it, and I was obviously just like, yeah, sure, you know, it, it wasn't a big deal to me I don't think at the time so then throughout school because I looked older I wasn't doing like kid modeling I was doing sort of adult modeling from that sort of age which like on reflection is kind of crazy but um yeah no so throughout school I did modeling jobs here and there it wasn't anything full time I'd maybe have like one or two jobs a month maybe like one job a month it was good money and then when I finished school I wanted to go on a gap year and travel the world. <laughs> um, but anyway, I ended up, my sister had moved to London and my best friend had moved to London. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me go to London. I'll try and get this agency, um, which was like the biggest agency in London. Wow. And I got it. And the thing is, I'd actually tried to be with that agency when I was 16 years old. I'd gone to London and they'd all said no. Mm-hmm. So I didn't... Do you know what? what's funny about that period of time when I did get the agency when I was 18 is I was listening to that's probably the start of my journey of sort of manifestation yeah. and fully believing in myself. So I remember I was listening to this song called Golden, which is like it goes like live my life like it's golden, right? All the time <laughs> on the tube. And then that was the first time I kind of like asked at the time God, mm. I was like you know, please, like, this is, you know, this is what I'm looking for. Like, this is what I want. And then I did get an agency. And at the time they were filming for Channel 4, was filming that agency, a show called The Agency. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of in that show. It was a documentary. And then I modeled, I lived in London for like five years modeling. In that time, I also went to university, studied criminal justice and also had my son whilst I was in London I mean I'm the sort of person that doesn't like to sit still like I have to be doing so many things and if I'm not so there was a period of time when I wasn't I really like lose myself totally like I it's just not for me I I love being busy so when I was modeling I I worked for like Burberry Swatch um I did a lot of like commercial things for Debnams I was in like most of the magazines that you would Mm -hmm. see the sort of like okay Mm -hmm. those sort of magazines um but at the same time like it was a job it wasn't so those things didn't really phase me being in like Grazia or being in these magazines it wasn't it's just so strange (laughs) looking back because people be like who did you work for and I can say Oh, Burberry, just Burberry, you know, nothing special. (laughs) 
um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a, it was an interesting time and I met some amazing people uh, and it was, it was a very fun time living in London, but at the same time I was under so much pressure to be a certain size that mm. I just didn't want to be in that anymore. And did you just decide then, Vanessa, because we hear a lot about the industry, it's really cutthroat, it's really bitchy. Like what I know of you and the times that we've had interaction, and I said this in the beginning, your strength and integrity really illuminates from you. Like it, it does. You don't need to even really see anything. You just feel it energetically from you. Did you have that real confidence like well I'm out if I'm not happy I'm out and that's no big deal or, or were you attached to those kind of things or what people said or being chosen for example for something so I think I was quite young I was obviously 18 19 20 and at the time I wasn't in control so like when you're a model it's kind of changing now but obviously you go to castings and then they decide if they want you or not that didn't bother me so I was never bothered if I was chosen or not which I think you have to be like that otherwise you would just get totally torn down um but what did probably bother it's not so much bother me but obviously it was a lot of pressure when they would tell me you know it's just easy you have to eat less and exercise more when my body shape doesn't actually fit the numbers that they Mm -hmm. wanted so like I have quite big hips and like bum just due to like genetics yeah and then you know so I and I was so skinny like I was like a size six I was probably like three and a half stone lighter than I am now I was really skinny and Mm -hmm. and at that point I was not eating that much and they were telling me to still lose weight and they were telling me that had to go to their gym, take their gym card, so they knew how long I was going for. Wow. Honestly, it was, it's not, not, it was not healthy. And I wouldn't want anybody to go through that sort of pressure. But at the same time, obviously, I was living in London. That's what I was doing. Mm. You know, I didn't really have, there wasn't anything else that I was like, oh, I really want to do that. Apart from obviously, I went to university Um, But again, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. I just did it because the prices were about to go from 3,000 a year to like 9,000 a year. I was like, if it goes to 9,000, I'm not going. You're like, I better get this done now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so have you got a bit of the Midas touch then in terms of what you do? You, when you put your mind to something, Vanessa, and it's truth to you and it's Mm -hmm. honest and it's real, do you believe that it comes much easier to you, the success? I don't know if it comes easier. Like, I do think that anything I want to do, I can do it and be successful at it. Love but it. it's not easy, you know, but I, I have the, the motivation and I'm that sort of person that will follow through and like, I will put the hours in and I don't get bored of it. I mean, if there's something I don't want to do anymore, then I'm going to move on. But for example, my YouTube channel, I'm so dedicated and I love it. You know, the things I'm working on, I'm, I really love them. And if I don't connect with them, it's very difficult for me to work on something that, I, that I'm not connected to. Like, it's almost impossible. It's unbelievable because I read somewhere that your YouTube videos have had over 9 million views. Yeah. It's maybe more now, right? Mm-hmm. That's just what what do you think when you hear that? Or is it just like, okay? 
I mean, it's so strange because obviously I started my YouTube channel four years ago mm. and for the first year I didn't make a penny, but I believed in myself to the end. There was this event came up and they said you had to have 5,000 subscribers to be able to go to this event at the YouTube space in London. And I had like 1,000 subscribers and I sent them an email, like this really well put together email, which was like, this is going to be my career. And like, I need like, basically, please, can I come? Because, you know, I really need this help and blah, 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 blah. Um, and they let me go. So I do think there's, um, you know, you do need to put yourself out there. And some people might look at that and think, oh, you need 5,000 subscribers. I'm not applying. You know, you need to just, yeah. just go for it. You know, if you know you're going to do something and you know what you want to do, it, you have to like knock on doors. And I'm also not afraid to ask people for help. So in my early days of my podcast, my first podcast, Magnificent Mothers, Mm. I reached out to people I didn't know and I was like would you be happy to jump on a zoom call and yeah. like tell me how to do it because I didn't know what to do I love that Vanessa not being afraid to ask for help because the ego goes oh you know I don't want to ask for help you know people might not want to help or people will maybe think who do you think she is and that that's the thing right but you knew you knew within your gut that it was happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's done, right? So when you talked about manifesting and, you know, I love this. This is definitely something I'm all about. It's that knowing, isn't it? It's just like, I know. And what I want to talk to you about with your YouTube channel is why did you choose the direction that you went down for the that particular YouTube channel? So basically when I started my channel, I the reason why I started my channel is because Obviously, I'd had that career with modeling. I decided that the industry wasn't for me anymore. I moved back to Scotland and I started a cold press juice company, don't ask, whilst I was pregnant because I couldn't sit still. And it was actually great. And it had been my dream. Actually, that was my dream was to open a restaurant. But then I realized that actually I don't want to be stuck in one place mm. because I need to be able to like move. And so I then when I had my daughter, my second child, I was at home with her and I felt like I was going crazy. Like that's no, I mean, so many things happened around that time, but I basically got like anxiety, like crippling anxiety, couldn't leave the house on my own, mm. couldn't go into shops. It was so horrible. Um, and then sort of after that, then I was like, what can I do from home that I'm with my daughter? But is like, you know, serving what I want to do. And I thought I love documentaries, love YouTube. So I'm going to start a YouTube channel. So it started off parenting. And then I kind of got to a point where it's like, I'm with my kids every day. I don't want to be talking about parenting as well. You know I, mean? yeah. I want to be like my own Wouldn't person that, doing my own thing. <laughs> and so then I decided to focus on Ghana. So I had done a few videos about Ghana when I'd gone on holiday. My dad's from Ghana and yeah. I've been going there ever since I was two years old. Uh, and then I realized that those videos did really well. And also it's something I'm so passionate about and I could speak about forever because that's so important that it's something that you really care about and also yeah. that, that you can have the longevity with. And so I started making videos on Ghana. So I decided like, okay, now I'm just going to dedicate it to this. And I did that and it's done really well. So last year I went from 
like in January of last year, I was at 10,000 subscribers. And by December, I was at 90,000. So it was pretty That's good. amazing. And I love it. I've watched your videos on YouTube. Oh, thanks. It's, and the homes that you take us to. And I think people sometimes think it's your home, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Is this her home? <laughs> but they're amazing. And it's such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And it's part of your heritage, right? So... And when you smile, when you're talking about it, you light up, your energy shifts. So, you know, doing something and talking about something that's really important to you. And I see like the hits that you get off it. It's really incredible. And I want to talk to you about your um, documentaries because you were also on TV. Yeah. And I remember messaging you and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. How did that all come about then? So from my YouTube channel, I did a video on my YouTube channel called Being Mixed Race and Growing Up in Scotland. Yeah. And um, there was Stuart Chismary, who was the director of mm. Black and Scottish, which was on BBC Scotland. He found, or the researchers found my video on YouTube and then reached out to me and said, do you want to come and, you know, be on this documentary? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, because to be on doc- a documentary was on my goal setting, actually that same workshop that we were on yeah. together. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, perfect, yes. And then also I had actually done some things for BBC The Social, which was short mm-hmm. videos for the BBC. And I think off the back of that, some of the people within BBC had obviously seen me and so had recommended me for The People's News, which is another TV show. And so I was on two seasons of that and that's kind of like Gogglebox, but in Scotland. <laughs> I love it, right? And Because this is coming back to me, Vanessa, and I can't remember if it was at the goal setting workshop when we all shared, or I've heard this somewhere, but did you not say about being something to do with Louis through? Yeah. But I, this is coming back to me now. So basically, right, I applied for this thing. I probably said it at the goal setting workshop because he's one of my... Like, you know, I really admire what he's doing yeah. and things like that. So I applied to this thing called um, The Network, which was to do with the TV festival in Edinburgh. And you basically got like a behind the scenes at mm. the TV festival and you got all these different courses, like, you know, money can't buy experience. <laughs> and so they asked us in the interview, it was a video interview, who would be the person that you would most want to see? So of course I said Louis through and I made this like, collage video (laughs) but like you know presentation from school and um and then and the thing is like obviously like I knew he would be there because because I I'm so I believe so much in in what I like I know it's gonna happen do you know what I mean and then they didn't so they didn't tell us so at the event they said there's like a special guest but we can't tell you who it is and I knew like obviously it's Louis through so then I was like I'm sitting at the front of this (laughs) the situations I was front row and then they were like and here he is and it was him and I was just like it was so amazing I manifested this yeah because that's like is and the thing is he'd never been to the the tv festival before it wasn't like he was a regular at the festival or anything like that and so I'm just like amazing it is amazing honestly I'm like I I feel like I'm sky high talking to you because (laughs) it's that energy and unshakable belief and I want to talk to you a bit about the belief that you have and when you touched on the anxiety that you had before when you felt like you couldn't leave the house what happened then that 
you know, was that, do you think that was a bit of postnatal depression? Was that just a bit of, you know, anxious feelings that came in? What was that like and how long did you have it for? And also, what did you do or who did you have to become to try and come away from that and step into what you essentially have created now? So I, when I was breastfeeding my daughter, I got mastitis Mm. and I fainted onto the bed. So I literally fainted onto the bed because I had a high temperature and all the rest of it with the mastitis. And then like my husband was shouting like Vanessa, Vanessa, and obviously couldn't hear him. Anyway, I woke up and I was fine. But like from that moment forward for a year and a half, I felt like I was going to faint because Mm -hmm. of that experience. And because I just had my daughter, she was probably like a couple of weeks old, you know, and then, and then I was just scared from then on. And I, I didn't know it was anxiety initially. And I went to the doctor like five, six times and they were like, you've got low iron, took all the iron tablets, was still there. Then they were like, oh, it's because you're tall. And when you stand, I was like, I've been tall my whole I mean, you're, life. You're not eight foot, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, when you stand up, you probably just get lightheaded. I was like, no, like this is actually serious. And so I had to do my own research and I didn't, like I, I, had, I hadn't met anyone or I, maybe I had met people with anxiety, but nobody had spoken about it, yeah. you know, that this was it wasn't even that long ago you know it was maybe like what three years ago mm-hmm. and so I had no idea and then my sister said oh maybe it's anxiety so I looked something up and then it came up and it was literally everything that I was feeling and I was like this is it mm-hmm. um so I what I did was I contacted like the doctor on the phone situation and I got um what's it called again this therapy Oh my gosh, hang on, wait, let me try and think of what it was called. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, like NLP type thing. It was like they kind of try and find out what you're doing and try and make you Mm. move forward, but they don't actually deal with what the issue is. Yeah, and we see this a lot, right? We all want to jump to the feel better, but actually what's caused it, and that will come back if we don't actually get to the root. Yeah, so I mean, I actually... What it did do was help me to drive again. So like she taught me about exposure therapy. So, you know, like doing it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and like going into the shop and staying in the shop. And because that was one thing I couldn't do. And like just trying to like relax and those sort of things. So it really helped me do the things that I couldn't do anymore. But it Mm -hmm. didn't help what the issue was, which Mm -hmm. was that I was scared to like faint and my kids be left that was the main thing with driving because I was like what if I faint and my kids are just Mm. there and you know what I mean like all these thoughts Mm. and so and then the other thing I did was went to Lynette's classes so that was the first time I ever went to her um Mm. meditation like women's circle that was so amazing after the first one of that I felt like just like a, a weight off my shoulders because just sharing with other people makes such a difference and listening to other people's experiences as well yeah it really does and I think the programs and the the programs that we've been given is not to share it's not safe to be vulnerable it's not safe to share we'll be judged and so what we do is we suppress that emotion because we hold shame around it I'm not supposed to tell anyone and and actually like you said with Lynette's classes which I also went to it was actually safe to share like Mm -hmm. and actually everyone there and actually everyone on the planet has anxious feelings at some point and if we can just normalize that 
rather than thinking we keep it and we suppress it and then we start to label ourselves, I have anxiety, I have depression. Well, no, you have feelings which need to be felt and we've got enough you know, resources within us to be able to feel that. It's because we hold so much shame around it that we suppress it and then it turns into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, God, so did it get quite bad for you then, Vanessa? Yeah, I mean, it was awful. Like, um, sorry, the other one thing that really helped me so that I don't forget was Reiki. That was probably mm-hmm. like the main one thing that totally broke the cycle after one session. And I did that with... Um, EK holistic therapies in Edinburgh unbelievable oh I know I'm a fan oh have you been as well oh Reiki I've not done the one in Edinburgh but I've done Reiki a few times and yeah it's amazing but actually it's funny because we when you work this out you actually realize that you have everything within you to shift this energy yourself because we have it all within us we're all capable of actually doing the self-healing work um but you have to be willing, right? And you were obviously willing and determined to actually get out of that place because did you know then that there's another way here? There is another way. I, I know I can feel better. I know that there's more for me than this. So basically, I mean, even thinking about all this makes me like feel emotional, but I'm not going to try and get emotional. But at the time, I literally thought like, this is it. And bearing in mind, when I lived in London, I was the freest person like known to man. Like I did I would do anything, you know, like anything. I wouldn't think twice about anything. So going from that and living so freely to mm-hmm. feeling like I couldn't do anything was horrible. And like, even now, I mean, I'm so like, I've proper like got a PTSD and from other things. And, you know, so like even going to the bin now, I'm like so aware and I'm trying to like work on that more. But I do think that I'm just such a different person but I have got so much better than I was when I couldn't drive, when I couldn't go into shops, couldn't leave the house. I remember when we first got this house that I'm in now, I was downstairs and like my, and this is when I didn't know what it was. My husband had his friends over and then I was just like, I need to leave this room. And like, I couldn't walk. So like, honestly, when I came to it, I couldn't, I couldn't take a shower without sitting in the shower when it was at the worst. Like I try not to think about all this because it's probably not healthy, but like I had to sit, in the shower because I couldn't stand in the shower at one point I was like crawling around the house but I didn't know what was going on at that point I was just like right yeah and so I had I didn't think it was possible for for me to get any better like I was that time was like a point when I wasn't feeling the way I'm feeling now in terms of like this is going to happen which is how I did feel before that happened so that definitely did just like shift everything but at the same time without all that happening I don't think I would be as like determined as I am now so Mm -hmm. like I think that all those things happened for a reason I I'd never experienced anything like that before I'm so grateful now for life you know being able to go out having the freedom to do certain things just the basics that I totally Mm. lost at that time yeah and I think when you're talking about it though it's also recognizing that sometimes these things come back and actually we catch it we go I'm safe and I think our our nervous system has such a response to certain things and it takes us back we store trauma and all of us have a level of trauma stored in our body and we can think you know oh everything's ticking along fine and then boom something happens and it's like whoa the nervous system's like do 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 and suddenly we're brought back down and we're like oh my gosh 
But I think the more and more you practice, you know, your personal development, you're doing your work like meditation and breathing and journaling and just being alone with your with your breath, right? Even just for five minutes a day, just consciously, you know, coming into the breath and and spending that time with yourself without having to, you know, have the TV on, have the radio on. It's okay and, and regulating that um, and just feeling safe within yourself, you know, and I want anyone listening to this to, to know that <clears throat> I practice this all the time, but I'm still working on myself. I had a trigger last night and I got really emotional for me. It was about being really vulnerable. I can be vulnerable and talk like this and talk about things once I've gone through it. I can talk about it. But when you're in the thick of vulnerability and fear, it's really not easy to actually share that with people because you don't know how you're going to fix it or how long it's going to last. But just I think anyone listening, you're normal. These are normal emotions. We have had, you know, values of other people instilled into us we've got years and years and years ancestral as well of programs that as babies we've learned we've learned to suppress emotion we've learned to not always speak our truth and um that's just a part of when we feel triggered that we don't feel safe always speaking up and recognizing that when those emotions come so for you Vanessa for me for anyone listening it will pass mm-hmm. and just to almost use your breath to bring in safety you know mm-hmm. using words like I am safe I am safe do you practice affirmations at all Vanessa sometimes but it's not like one of the main th- I mean I do it when I remember but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like every day saying them I always think I'm gonna need to do that every day and then forget <laughs> know, for like two months listen I don't do it every day now I did for the first like 18 months of me on this journey I was like regimented I'm not missed my journaling I took my journal abroad if I went away for an overnight hotel took the journal but you know now I've got it to a point where I I do it but actually it's really kind of more programmed in my subconscious it's there and you seem to do it without even consciously doing it right like this you know how you've been able to manifest you must be doing that from a place of real belief um Mm -hmm. So you're doing it without having to officially sit down and do it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's amazing that you recognise that and that you're open and honest about that. And just talking about the journey that you're on and you talked about the YouTube that you're doing, um, can you tell us a bit more about the campaign that you're on just now? Yeah, so I am um, a presenter on a new BBC Sounds podcast. Oh, were you talking about the YouTube Black thing? Both, actually. Okay, yeah, right, tell us about that. both because they're both amazing. So I'm a presenter on a new BBC Sounds podcast called Word Up, which is also with BBC Radio Scotland. And we are basically like speaking to people from all over Scotland who are trailblazers and also people that are doing things within the community and that don't normally get a platform and, you know, just like sharing their stories, also talking about what I'm interested in in Scotland and events that are going on, highlighting really important topics, again, that don't Mm -hmm. really get mainstream attention. Um, So for Mm -hmm. our first episode that will be coming out, we will be discussing like some really interesting things like race and COVID and how does that, um, like how do they relate to each other, interviewing like huge people in Scotland. I'm, I'm so, so excited about it. And that was on my vision board from when we were together 
at yeah. the um at the session and like uh-huh. literally that I can see that vision board right now and it's right at the top and it's just interesting the way that it's got here though because I obviously wrote that I wanted a BBC Sounds podcast but this isn't the podcast that I was doing then which was mm-hmm. Magnificent Mothers mm-hmm. so it's you know it's not been the path exactly that I might have thought it was but I think that's another thing I'm very open to like different ways of things happening um, and I think that always happens you never know how you're going to get there and how it's going to but this is I, I know and, but I know that there's even more for you Vanessa I mean how old are you Vanessa I'm 28 I mean you're 20 I'm 41 on Monday god but like I look at you and I think what an inspiration you are at 28 to just know your value and know your worth and even though there's adversity and challenge you put yourself out there and you 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 stand tall for what you believe in and when we're talking about beliefs and values talk to us a bit about the YouTube black voices so um, I, a, a subscriber actually sent me an email saying you should apply for this. And it was the YouTube Black Fund. So YouTube have said that they're going to give 100 million to like black creators and sort of impacting their platforms and stuff like that. So I applied for that and I got chosen to be on the YouTube Black Voices Creator Class of 2021. So they've chosen 100 creators from all over the world, and I'm one of them. So like, I'm Woo-hoo! so happy. Uh, I mean, it's huge. Like, it's so huge for me to be actually working with YouTube on this stuff, you know. And mm. I'm I'm so grateful, you know, to be able to do that. YouTube yeah. is one of my favorite things that I'm doing because I can say whatever I want on the platform. I think that YouTube is just amazing. They treat people so well, in my opinion, you know. Oh, I, I really gosh. love it. And also you can put up what you want and you can monetize it. So, mm. you know, it's it's just such a great platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that because Obviously, there was so much last year around Black Lives Matter. And I want to talk to you just briefly about if, when you talked to, and I remember you were talking about that documentary you did about a black girl in, in Scotland. Did you find there was real discrimination, Vanessa, for yourself? Did you see that firsthand for yourself? So I grew up in Edinburgh. I was born and raised here. Um, mm. And at school, you know, things, you know, people would say stuff to me like and I, re- I know I still remember that stuff to this day, you know, from even people saying stuff when I was like five years old. And so obviously it had an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but I did have a really good upbringing in Edinburgh, yeah. you know, like I think it's such a great place to grow up. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely racism here, just like there is everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the thing about Scotland is that because there isn't that much multiculturalism, like it, there might be more in certain areas here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a, a video which was racism in Scotland um, and so many horrific stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so, it's so, so sad. Wow. Uh, but at the same time, you know, people are doing such amazing things, uh, you know, like black people in Scotland are really doing great things and you know there's there's so many positive stories as well as there is obviously like the racism that people face is horrible and it needs to be addressed and that's why I did that documentary 
um, the film that I made. But there's also, you know, we can also look at the positive things as well. I love that. And I love that you actually said that too, because I think it's important to focus on that too, you know, and obviously you're 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 part of this this YouTube um creator class of 2021 and I'm I'm so happy that you're you're you know you're flying the flag for Scotland (laughs) right and it's your voice matters and I think it's just incredible what does it mean to you to be part of that I know that you talked about YouTube but for such a an incredible campaign like that what does that mean to you so I think at, off the back of uh, the Black Lives Matter campaigns last year, so mm. many companies tried to do things. A lot of it was performative. So I, you can you could tell. So there was actually people, there was companies in Scotland that like posted my picture without asking me. And obviously I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like mm. take that down because first of all, you've not even asked me. And second of all, like what are you trying to do? Because yeah. if you can't even ask the person then you're actually causing harm because you're you know and then and then there's just there's companies that you know they say they want to be diverse then you look at who they're hiring and there's not one piece of diversity in there Um, and I've had to like turn down some pretty big things because it's just so obvious that they want to use me because they want to say that they're being diverse and I'm just like not interested and it's like yeah I might have to say no to money but at the same time I can't, as I said before. It's your integrity, sister. It's your integrity, right? This girl has integrity oozing out of her. I said that to you. We've never had that conversation before, but you've got it. I feel it. You've got it. Oh, thanks. You don't Um, compromise your integrity, sister. Boom. So I think, so like talking about that, I think that YouTube, the way that they have done it Mm. is like they've put their money where their mouth is. So they given all of us creators like seed funding to like enhance our channels which is so amazing so basically you know they've given us funding and they've not asked for anything back um and they are also helping us so they're giving us right now I'm on a three-week course to help learn about all different things to do with YouTube and you know they're giving us like a partner manager which is somebody within YouTube um to like strategize our channel so like they are really going above and beyond oh my god I love that Love that, Vanessa. You're going to need to give Lynette and I tips. We're wanting to do our YouTube channel, and we're like, it's like the blind leading the blind with her and I. But we're like, what are we doing here? So this is absolutely incredible, Vanessa. And I just want to finish with asking you because you've done so much already at the age of 28. What is the absolute like vision, the dream for you? So my five-year vision <laughs> is to be on five documents. So I just signed with an agent called Curtis Brown. And the sort of the idea behind that is to be presenting documentaries. So I really want to do, you know, hard-hitting documentaries. Mm-hmm. So presenting those kind of, yeah, like Louis Theroux-esque. Yes. Um, and I also want to hit a million subscribers in five years. And I want to live in Ghana. So that mm-hmm. is one of my goals. And just like you know shine a light on untold stories and really give people um like a platform and show people through my platform that should be you know having a platform that should be shown Ghana is obviously a huge thing for me so to show Ghana in like a positive light continue to do that that's what I want to be doing as well Vanessa can I tell you I don't think it's going to take you five years (laughs) 
Oh, thanks. I do not think it's going to take you five years and I wish you the best of luck, but I don't even think you'll need it. You are an amazing inspiration to so, so many. And thank you so much for your time and for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jill. I love to see your your growth as well. I mean, to think, I remember when you came on my podcast, you were talking about you wanted to do a podcast. And here we are now on that podcast. I know. So great. I know. Oh, thank you so, so much, Vanessa. Thanks. Bye.